Welcome. My name is Jesse and you are listening to The Wake Up Call. This show is about opening your eyes to how you've been living, bringing awareness to the standard you've been operating at, and helping you start living to your full potential. There are two ways I'll help you do this. One, by disciplining your mind, and two, by strengthening your body. It's time to take stock of your current performance and go to the next level. Let's do this. Welcome back for another episode of The Wake Up Call. Today, I want to talk to you guys about your nose. In particular, nasal breathing. Now, if you've been following along my social media, you've probably seen that I've uh, been putting up some posts and some little bits on my stories about uh, the power of nasal breathing. I've taken screenshots of uh, some passages or pages of the books that I've been reading and researching. Um, And I'm really down the rabbit hole at the moment. It's quite fascinating actually learning about the power of nasal breathing. And this is the interesting thing about the human body. Most people think that simple daily functions or tasks like Something as simple as breathing is something we should all know how to do. But unfortunately, most people, and myself is definitely included in this list, most people don't breathe correctly. So that's why I kind of got fascinated with uh, this breathing. I've actually, I have had two surgeries uh, in my lifetime trying to correct um, nasal obstruction. I've always found it difficult to breathe through my nose. Sometimes the left nostril has been blocked, sometimes it's the right. And it just kind of alternates back and forth. I could never kind of figure out why this was happening. So I underwent surgery when I was about 13, and then I had it about three or four years ago as well. And after I had that second surgery and did all the kind of the post-op nasal flushing and all the other stuff, I could actually start to breathe through my nose. And I remember saying to, to my wife, I was like, fuck, is this how people breathe all the time? And it, because I just felt like I had so much more air, the ability to actually breathe through my nose for like the first time ever or in, you know, years and years. It was phenomenal. But anyway, I want to talk to you guys about breathing, whether you should breathe through your nose or through your mouth, or whether it's in through the nose or uh, in through the nose, out through the mouth, because there's a lot of different styles. But I, in particular, I just want to preface this and say I am not a breathing specialist. I am merely somebody who is fascinated with learning how the human body operates And one of the simplest functions we need is to breathe, but to breathe efficiently. So, you know, we can go a couple days without water, we can go weeks without food. You can only go a handful of minutes without oxygen. So, why is it that nobody talks about breathing and how to do it correctly? It is the most important function for your body. If you do not get oxygen in your system, you will die within a matter of minutes, okay? So this is what we're looking at. First of all, I wanna ask you, how do you breathe? Do you breathe through your nose or do you breathe through your mouth? Do you breathe into your chest? Do your shoulders rise and fall when you take breaths in and then kind of come down when you breathe out, when you exhale? Or do you breathe slowly and controlled through your nose and do you have a bit of expansion, a bit of outward sort of movement happening at the belly? So do you breathe through your uh, breathing muscle, the diaphragm, which as you inhale, it expands outward. And then as you exhale, it draws inward. I also wanna ask you, when you wake up in the morning, do you have a dry mouth? 
because for years, and I do mean years, every morning I would wake up and I would have a dry mouth. I would just be looking for my drink bottle to try and get some water in. That right there is an indication. This will tell you typically how you breathe on a subconscious level. So when you're breathing, you're not thinking about what you're doing. You just revert to habits and long-standing patterns that you do throughout the day. You just revert to the easiest mode or the most practiced mode of breathing. And for me, that is definitely through the mouth. So ask yourself, how are you breathing? Is it through the chest? Is it through the nose? Uh, is it through the chest or through the stomach and the abdomen, more through the belly? Is it through the nose or through the mouth? Anyway, I've just finished reading a book. It's called The Oxygen Advantage. And if you're interested in learning more about breathing, I would highly encourage you to buy this book and read it. It goes through the science in a way that you can understand. It talks about all of the benefits behind nasal breathing in terms of how it is better for filtration. It actually allows you to more effectively and efficiently use oxygen. So you actually don't need as much air as you probably think you do. So the author, Patrick McKeown, or McEwen, I'm not sure how you actually pronounce it, but he talks about how most people hyperventilate. Most people overbreathe. They actually breathe in too much air and they do it too frequently, which I thought was quite fascinating. I have always been a loud breather, much to the dismay of my lovely wife. She thinks that I am just really loud, and I probably am because I've always found breathing through my nose challenging. But nasal breathing has been shown to improve performance and also oxygen efficiency. So if you think about your body as a system, you only want to work it as hard as necessary. You don't want it to have to do more than it's actually required to do. So if you think from a breathing standpoint, you want to take in the fewest breaths possible and have the best sort of delivery system or efficiency of that air that you take in. So when you breathe in, you breathe in air, oxygen gets delivered to the bloodstream and then to the cells to perform their function and you uh, exhale carbon dioxide. All right, this is where it gets interesting. When you learn how to use your breath to control your breathing rate, you can do more with less. So what I mean by that is you don't have to breathe as frequently. So the rate that you breathe is down, it's less, okay? It's just like becoming fitter. Your body is becoming more efficient and effective at utilizing the oxygen that you're actually taking into the body. All right? So that's the first book that I've read is The Oxygen Advantage by Patrick McKeown. The second book, which I'm currently reading, is called Breath, The New Science of a Lost Art. And this is by James Nestor. And I've actually just finished watching a, uh, a YouTube video or a podcast with, uh, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast. And he talks about the same concepts, is how mouth breathing is inefficient. And he's talking about people from all walks of life here, guys. This is not just about high performers or Olympians. These are, he's talking about, and he, these guys are talking about regular people people who are average Joes and Janes, and then you've got people who are high performers, and then you've got people who are world-class and Olympic-level athletes. And even some of these people who are at the top of their sport have poor and inefficient breathing patterns, which is just, it's phenomenal to even think that the people at the top 
aren't doing the simple things right. So then you start to think, shit, imagine if they improved this daily function. And I think the number of breaths we take each day, I think it's 25,000, I might be wrong. I probably am, I've read a lot of different numbers in both of these books. But we take a lot of breaths every single day. So you wanna make sure that the breaths that you take are efficient and you're utilizing oxygen as efficiently as you can. All right? Couple benefits of nasal breathing. Nasal breathing. So when I talk about nasal breathing, I'm talking only through the nose. You inhale through the nose and you exhale through the nose. When you do that, you are more you are more able to affect your heart rate. So when people get stressed, when people are in challenging situations or shit hits the fan, what do you get told to do? You get told to take in, you know, a few big deep breaths. So you inhale through the nose or, or into the chest, basically. You take a couple big chest breaths in through the mouth. And all you're really doing is opening the door for your body to lose carbon dioxide. And I want to explain a little bit about that. When you breathe in, there is a buildup of carbon dioxide. So you inhale oxygen. Your body wants to exhale carbon dioxide. There is a buildup and your body has to offload it. Okay. When you do high intensity exercise, or even if you just do a breath hold, you get this feeling, it's called air hunger. You get this feeling, this sensation that you need to breathe, that you need to take another breath. That is what's known as carbon dioxide tolerance, CO2 tolerance. So that need or that feeling of, I need more air, I need more oxygen. If you breathe faster or you take larger breaths in, all you're doing is decreasing your sensitivity to carbon dioxide. So this is where, this is where I found it really fascinating. Breathing more is not the answer. The answer is to actually breathe less. When you get this feeling of stress, high tension, things getting really challenging, try to actually, it's very counterintuitive, try not to actually breathe more. Try to actually breathe less so you just get really good control of your body. It's like a, a body scan. And you slow your breathing down. And I did a bit of a test yesterday with my pulse oximeter. This, uh, a pulse oximeter tests your heart rate and it shows you your um, oxygen saturation. So that's the oxygen within the blood. For most people, it sits between 95 and 99%, 95 and 99% thereabouts. So it tells us there's a lot of oxygenated blood in the system. When you start breathing faster and faster, and you start incorporating things like breath holding or hyperventilating, you actually start creating more carbon dioxide. So that's where it becomes an ever increasing need for more air because you're actually decreasing your tolerance to CO2. I hope this makes sense so far. And I'm probably gonna go all over the place because I just find it really fascinating. I just wanted to talk to you guys about it. But what you want to actually try and do over time is increase your tolerance to carbon dioxide. So that means when you are performing intense exercise, or you are performing things like breath holds, that's some of the stuff they talk about in the books, I'm not gonna go into too much detail, 
but it's when you start feeling that need for air. Can you control and can you regulate your breathing? Your body is perceiving a threat and a need for air. But as the pulse oximeter shows you, you actually already have a lot of oxygenated blood in your system. So what you're really experiencing here is a sensitivity to carbon dioxide. I hope that makes sense so far. All right. The, fe the feeling of breathlessness is something that you can alter and control with your breath. And as somebody who trains regularly, it's something I'm practicing more and more. So after I do, you know, a this is during training, when I'm doing a heavy set where I've finished a, a series of exercises, I will transition from my kind of power breathing to nasal breathing. So as soon as I've finished the set, I put the kettlebell down and I revert strictly to nasal breathing. And the goal is to reclaim your breathing rate and get it back to normal as quickly as possible. So you wanna try and do that and get it back to normal within three breaths. That's quite challenging because the body is being stressed. It's being pushed hard. The heart rate is rising, the blood pressure is rising. And then you have to try and tell your system and your body, it's okay, you can deal with this. All of this is carbon dioxide. I can build up a tolerance to this and therefore I can utilize oxygen more efficiently. So just some stats from yesterday. And like I said, I'm just using myself as a guinea pig here. Um, I used my pulse oximeter and I was sitting down in my recliner in my office and my heart rate was 44. So 44 beats a minute. And my oxygen saturation was 98. So there's plenty of oxygenated blood in my body. Heart rate's quite low, 44. And then I did a couple, uh, I just walked around, walked around my house and I incorporated some of the breath holding techniques that uh, Patrick McKeown talks about. And my heart rate gently rose to 65 and my oxygen saturation went down to 91. So I've increased my tolerance or I'm exposing my body to higher levels of carbon dioxide. And if you do this over time, you will become accustomed to that feeling of breathlessness and you will have less of a need for oxygen or air. I hope that makes sense. So like I said, normal oxygen saturation is between 95 and 99. I got mine down to 91 just by walking and incorporating a breath hold. No sprints, no burpees, literally just walking around and incorporating a breath hold. And if you do this over time, you will become more efficient at using your nose to breathe. And it is very much a use it or lose it system, which is now making a lot of sense to me. After years of breathing through my mouth, I'm starting to actually build up these respiratory muscles and the nasal passages. I'm actually learning how to, even when my nose is congested, to slowly take air in and to slowly let it out through the nose and become more efficient with that limited amount of air. But one of the other powerful benefits of nasal breathing is that you produce a gas, it's called nitric oxide. And nitric oxide is a vasodilator. So that means it actually opens the airways. So if you find it difficult to breathe through your nose and you go straight to the mouth breathing because it's easier, you actually don't get that benefit of nitric oxide. So it's one of these ones, and I can tell you firsthand, because I've, I've struggled, I do mean for years and years and years with nasal breathing. I've struggled for so long, 
and it's been a big pain in my ass for many years, that even when one nostril is blocked or I have an obstruction, I still try and persist with nasal breathing. It's slower, I have to be more calm, and I have to really think about how I'm using my breath, which is a good thing. It means I am becoming more efficient at using the oxygen that's coming into my body. Use it or lose it. These books, they talk also about how mouth breathing, especially with children and adolescents, actually changes jaw structure and is a real big reason that people have crooked teeth and they need orthodontic uh, intervention, braces, teeth to be pulled out. And it's, it's really fascinating because the jaw structure, it actually, the jaw becomes smaller. So therefore, you can't fit as many teeth in that smaller space. And this all comes from nasal breathing or a lack of nasal breathing. So I'm not here to twist your arm. I have found some really interesting benefits just from reading it and understanding the science behind nasal breathing. And it's something I'm going to continue to do. Um, I encourage you guys to go down the rabbit hole a little bit as well. Like I said, you can go, you know, you can go a couple of days without water. A few days or week without food, but you can only go a few minutes without oxygen. So it's really important you understand how to breathe correctly. Um, and I also talk about how it reduces snoring. I used to snore. And now when I go to sleep, I tape my mouth. I just use some Fixamol tape. Uh, they recommend 3M micropore tape. Uh, so no duct tape, but you just use a light filmed kind of tape with a, a light adhesive. Press it against the lips so no air can get in or out through the mouth. And you breathe through the nose. Does it look weird? Yes, it does. But I, I, I remember the first time that I did nasal breathing uh, when I taped my mouth and I slept. I woke up the next morning with so much energy. I was like, holy shit. I couldn't believe it. I, I, I thought, I asked my wife, I was like, is this how people wake up all the time? Like after a great night's sleep? Because I'm somebody who regularly, regularly gets seven, most nights eight hours of sleep, and some days I still wake up groggy. I still wake up feeling a bit flat. So yes, it is quantity of sleep. Yeah, sure. But you also need quality sleep. And breathing, the way you breathe plays a big role in that. So do your own testing. Use yourself as a bit of a science experiment. Read these books, listen to that podcast, and make your own informed decision. I've just noticed a big improvement. Um, I haven't been able to put it to test with regards to my actual fitness side of things, with running or anything like that, with sport, because I've got a bit of an injury. But I'm looking forward to seeing how changing the style of breathing impacts my life. I hope that makes sense for you guys. A bit of a ramble on that one. I've got so many different ideas and numbers and different passages of the book that kind of stood out for me, but I wanted to share it with you guys so you can do something with this information. I thought there's no point me keeping this knowledge to myself. I'm still gonna keep reading, researching, and trying to understand it better. Um, I'm by no means an expert, but I wanted to give you guys a chance to sort of go down the rabbit hole like I'm doing, because it's, it's fascinating. And like I said, it's one of the, these things that you'd think everybody knows how to do, but they actually don't. A large percentage of the population breathe incorrectly. And this is why so many people snore. This is why so many people have sleep apnea. It's just because the, the simple function of breathing is being lost. It is being performed incorrectly thousands and thousands and thousands of times every single day, week, month, and year. 
And it's probably gonna take a bit of practice, but I hope you guys will at least try it. Just breathe through your nose. See how you go. Maybe try the, uh, the tape over the mouth and see how you sleep. Let me know, really intrigued. Um, I'll keep going down the rabbit hole, and as I get more information and a better understanding, I'll keep drip feeding it through to you guys. So I hope that makes sense. I hope it's a bit of insight and gives you something to think about. Uh, next time, well, you're doing anything really right now. Shut the mouth, open the nose, and uh, yeah, breathe. So uh, last thing, guys, is very simple, very simple way to think about it. Your nose is for breathing, your mouth is for eating. If you loved the wake up call, found it entertaining, or got some benefit out of listening, I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. Please share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.